0: Have you ever felt under pressure? Anyone? At work? How many feel under pressure at work right now? I'm sure. You know, just pressure coming in and that gauge dials going, wants to explode. Perhaps felt pressure at home, with the family. Some of you got quite a lot of people in the church you have got little kids, little babies, and you know, that whole kind of build up to it. It's going to be all so fantastic. And then of course the baby comes and and other things keep coming and sleep doesn't come and under pressure, you know what I'm talking about. And then at the other stage, it can be, you know, under pressure when you're, perhaps in the, as you get older as well, you can be under pressure through health, you can be under pressure through finances, you can be under pressure through your past, you can be under pressure through fears of the future. And the biggest one of all, if you're a young person, and listen up, under pressure when you lose your phone. <gasps> Oh no, I just saw three young people fainted then. Just when I said that, they just passed out straight away. It's like, oh my goodness, yes, there's health and there's work and there's finances and there's family and there's babies. But real pressure is when you lose your phone. Because life finishes at that moment when you've lost your phone. So I want to speak to you this morning about what is it like to live under Pressure. And you know, stress is our reaction to pressure. So pressure comes, internal or external, but stress is how we as human beings handle the pressure that comes on us. And I've got some quotes for you. Uh, Here's one. Someone said this. I try to take one day at a time, but sometimes several days attack me at once. Anyone (laughs) had that experience? Here's another one, and um, our staff will will, uh, relate to this in, in my case anyway. I don't suffer from stress. I'm a carrier. So perhaps you're one of those people that you don't suffer from, but you give it to everybody else. And here's a prayer that I found that you might want to pray this uh, at some stage during this week. I'm sure many of you will. It goes like this. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I cannot accept, and the wisdom to hide the bodies of those I had to kill because they got on my nerves. (laughs) So there's a little prayer for you, okay, Uh, to help you with stress and with pressure. Um. Studies suggest that even high capacity performing people who are very bright and can do really complex things really well, when they're under pressure, their ability to do those things diminishes. And there's like there's something that happens in the human psyche, which is where we are under pressure, we can lose sense of who we are, we can forget who we are, we can forget what we know, we can forget how to do things that we knew how to do really easily, do you know what I mean? I don't know how you uh, handle stress and how you handle pressure. What do you do? Do you say silly things when you're under pressure? Anyone ever do that? Yeah, I'm a little bit like that. (laughs) You know, when I'm under pressure, some things will just spur out and blurt out. And I'm thinking, why did I say that? Um, And then my wife, we were talking about this yesterday, and she says, well, I go the opposite. She goes the opposite extreme when she's under pressure. She doesn't say much. So I watch out for those kind of signs in our marriage. (laughs) She's not saying much. We're under pressure. Be careful, uh, etc. But I don't know how you cope with pressure and stress. What happens when you're under pressure so much that you feel like the gauge is going to explode? And the question that I want us to think about this morning is how can we be brave when we're under pressure? Because deep within us, we want to be brave when we're facing stuff in life. How can we be brave when we're under pressure? Some of you, school or college or university, and it's coming into exam season, and you're going to feel like you're under pressure a lot over the next few weeks and months, and how can you be brave when you're under pressure? And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit, not just today, but over the next few weeks as we look at this series called Only the Brave. And there's a guy in the Bible I want to introduce to you this morning, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. Now, let me just explain something for those of you that might be newer to this. The Bible is not a book. Okay some people say the Bible's a book the Bible's much much better than a book. The Bible is a collection of books sixty six of them are all written by over forty different authors over hundreds and hundreds of years and it and it contains within it what God wants to say to his to his people to to humanity and uh, there's a guy who's one of those writers and I want to introduce him to you this morning because he was a guy who knew what it was to live under pressure the Bible says in in, in the what we call the gospels the book in the um The the, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, describes this guy. He was a fisherman uh, and minding his own business. And then Jesus, who was the new rabbi, the new teacher, uh, was in town and starting to teach. And and he went up to this guy and he said, listen, I'd like you to leave everything you know and what you're secure in. And I want you to follow me and we're going to go on an incredible adventure together. And the Bible says that this guy did that and he left Jesus and over the next three years went as one of his gang uh, traveling around that part of the world and they didn't saw some amazing things. But sometimes this guy found himself under pressure. There was one occasion when uh, Jesus was, uh, they were in a boat and Jesus was walking on the water and Jesus said to this guy, you can also do this. Why don't you come get out of the boat and walk on the water? How many of you know that's quite pressurizing? And he did get that. He did get out of the boat and he did walk on the water, but then he started to sink And that's quite pressurizing as well, and he had to be rescued by Jesus. On other occasions, Jesus did some amazing miracles, and he said, now I think you guys can do that as well, so why don't you do it? And this guy was one of the ones that tried to do it and couldn't do it. He was under pressure. And then actually towards the end of this three-year period, there was a time when Jesus said to this guy, you will deny me three times. And this guy said, no, 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 I'll never deny you. But then when they arrested Jesus and took him away to crucify him, this guy was in a courtyard. And some other people said, you you were with Jesus, weren't you? And they put him under peer pressure and he caved. And he denied Jesus three times. But here's the amazing thing about this guy. This guy, when Jesus met him, was called Simon. And the name Simon means reed. It's like a reed that's in the water that's easily blown, very fragile, very easily broken. And he said, you know what? you're not going to be able to take any pressure, but I see something different in you and I am going to change your name from Simon, which means easily broken, no pressure, and I am going to change your name to Cephas or to Peter, which means rock. And on this, mate, I'm going to put a load of pressure because you're going to be the first leader of this worldwide movement that's going to change the world called the church. That's a little bit of pressure. So this guy is changed from someone who you couldn't put any pressure on to someone who you could put a lot of pressure on. And eventually, this guy was so ready to be brave that he died a martyr's death for the Jesus that he believed in. His name is Peter. And in the New Testament, Peter writes a couple of books. We call them letters. They're cunningly called 1 Peter and 2 Peter, okay, which give you a little clue. And, the, and the 1 Peter is the book that we're going to look at over the next four weeks together. So, if you've got a Bible, then you might want to turn to it with me. If you haven't, don't worry at all, I'm going to read the bits that we're going to talk about this morning. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, he introduces uh, the letter, introduces the book, and we're going to say a few things about this. He says this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. So this is like an introduction to be saying, this is who I am, I'm Peter. And he's talking to God, it says God's elect. They're people scattered throughout that part of the Roman Empire. Those names I've just said are just different parts of the ancient world. And the, the word he uses for who he's talking to is exiles. It's strangers. It's foreigners in an alien land. Now, this is important because it may be this morning that you are that, literally. That you've come to this country from another country. Anyone here who's not, you know, okay, there's quite a few of you. And you can know what it is to come to another country. And even if you speak English, it's still a different culture, isn't it? and And you can feel like a foreigner in an alien land. And that can be quite pressurizing as well. I, often, I feel for the people that have come over from you know, places like um, the West Indies and Africa and you know, you've got to put up with our weather, my goodness. You know? <laughs> and, and you can feel like, I don't really belong here. you know? And that, these guys were foreigners in an alien land. That was pressurizing in itself. And, and, and you might be like that as well. You might feel like that. But actually, you need to understand, they weren't just under pressure because they were foreigners in an alien land. They were under pressure because they were followers of Jesus in a pressurizing time. I need to tell you about this, this is really important, otherwise you won't understand some of these words that are written in this letter. So in AD 64, the Emperor Nero, who is a bit of a crazy emperor by all accounts, um, there's a great fire in Rome and it ravages the whole of the city. And historians feel that Nero might have started that on his own because he wanted to rebuild the city and bring honour and glory to his own name. He's a bit of a megalomaniac. But whatever happened, as the fire raged through the city, the people in the city were unhappy about that and they were starting to point their fingers at Nero and Nero needed a scapegoat. He needed someone to shift the blame onto. And so what he actually did was he looked around and said, who can I blame for this fire? And then he thought, I know, what about the Christians? Up to that point, Christianity was seen as a sect of Judaism and so they left it alone. They said, well, Judaism, that's okay. Christianity, that's just a sect. We'll leave them alone. But all of a sudden, for his own motives and reasons, Nero needed someone to blame and the Christians were an easy target. So what he did, and this is really interesting, is he said, you know, they do this thing where they eat bread and they drink wine and they speak about the blood. So he started saying that they were cannibals. And then they do this thing where they greet each other with a holy kiss. So he started spreading things around the sexuality and the sexual practices within the early church. And so he slandered the church and he created such a feeling towards the church that persecution happened. Now, what I'm going to tell you next, I'm not just saying it to shock you. This is actually what happened. You need to understand this in the context of the letter that we're going to look at. That persecution was so horrific that it ended in a phase where they took Christians and they rolled them in pitch and set them on fire. Where they fed them to wild dogs and wild animals. So if you were a follower of Jesus in this day, not only was life very pressurizing, but being a follower of Jesus equaled under pressure. And those are the people that Peter's writing to. They're foreigners living in an alien land, that's pressurizing. They're living life, and that can be pressurizing. And they're followers of Jesus, and that was very pressurizing. And what Peter says to him, says to these guys, time and time again, could be boiled down to one statement You have got what it takes to be brave under pressure. This is a pastoral letter, it's written out of the heart of a pastor and he's kind of encouraging the people saying, listen I know it's tough for you but you've got what it takes to be brave under pressure. You can do that, you can dig deep and find within you the resources to be brave under pressure. So what's that got to do with us today? Well if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you are not someone that would say I'm a Christian then A, we're really glad you're here and I hope that what I'm going to say to you today will be helpful to you. Because you know that life is pressurizing. And some of those things I mentioned, you might be under pressure about right now. Work, home, family, health, those things. I hope that what I say will be helpful. But actually, if you are a follower of Jesus, (laughs) you know that life itself is pressurizing for you as well, isn't it? Sometimes people think that to become a Christian means that you're not going to have any bills all of a sudden. Or you're not going to have a mortgage to pay and you'll never get sick. And, And we really know that's not true, don't we? So to be a Christian doesn't mean that our life is any different to anyone else's. And actually... Being a Christian also means that living for Jesus can be quite pressurizing in a hostile environment. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, you might look at us and say, crikey, you've got it really tough. Because not only is life tough, but actually you're going to try and follow Jesus. And that's quite tough in a hostile environment. So if you're a Christ follower today, and you're a businessman, you're trying to do your, live your business in such a way that you're not going to cheat, you're not going to lie, you're not going to cut corners, and you'll feel at times like a foreigner in an alien land. If you're a husband or a wife and you're, you're committed uh, you know, to, to living um, uh, you know, a faithful life and you're not going to commit adultery, at times you might feel like you're a foreigner in an alien land. If you're a young person, you're at school or at college or at uni and you're going to live for Jesus and you're going to try and remain sexually pure, you will feel like a foreigner. Because you look around and you think, crikey, nobody else is trying to live like this but I am. So you'll feel under pressure just because you're following Jesus. You're living like an exile, like a foreigner in an alien land. See, the Bible says that we don't really belong to this land. You know that? We're here. We're rooted here. We want to see it transformed. But we belong to another kingdom. And at times that makes us feel under pressure because it's hard to live it out. But you know, God wants you to know this morning, whatever pressure you're living under, you have got what it takes to be brave. You've got what it takes to be brave under pressure. And when people are under pressure, what's really inside them comes out. Have you notice that? And when we are under pressure, you know, the question is, will we turn to God or will we turn to the bottle or to the fridge or to the shops or to the computer when we're under pressure? When we're under pressure, will we step back and reflect or will we allow our heart to get, our heart to get hard and bitter and cold? Will we trust God when the pressure dial is going crazy or will we cave in? And I don't know about you, but one of the things that I love to do is I love to read um, biographies of people who, who have lived incredible lives and who have served God or, or have shown incredible bravery. And last year I read a, a really big book uh, biography on a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and some of you will have heard of him. He was a German, uh, lived at the start of the 20th century, and... Um, in, in, uh, a Christian and as a young man when Hitler came to, to power and Nazism uh, kept spreading through uh, Germany and eventually went into the war, he was one of the men that stood against that and was part of the resistance movement but based on his beliefs. And he was arrested by the Gestapo in 1943 and put in prison. And um, there's some incredibly moving uh, accounts in, in the book about letters between him and his fiance, And they never married as such. A, or, but, but these letters between two Christians who were separated by the pressure that they were under is incredibly moving. Then in 1945, he's leading a service on a Sunday morning. It's a little bit like this, but without the technology, perhaps. He was leading the service in the prison. And the Gestapo came and took him and he knew what was happening. And as he was taken away, he finished the service. And then he said this, this is the end, but for me, the beginning of life. And they took him out and they hanged him. And he was was a young man in his 30s. And I look at that and I think, how were you so brave under that amount of pressure? Anyone think like that? I think, wow, what is it in you? How did you find that bravery when you were under such a lot of pressure? And then, and then another guy, and I, I, in, my, in my late 20s, and I can't remember whether I was 26 or 28, but I had one of those moments, and I'm sure you don't have this, where I had that kind of, what am I doing with my life? Anyone ever had that moment? What's it all about? What am I going to do? And I had having this moment uh, over a couple of weeks, I, I, and I remember one day the news went that, that Nelson Mandela had been released from prison. Some of you remember that. And he'd been in prison exactly the same amount of years as I'd been alive at that point. And I remember God saying to me, Leon, what are you moaning about what are you doing with your life? This fellow has been in prison as long as you've been alive. And he's now come out of prison. He's going to lead his nation into freedom. And it was like one of those moments when I thought, yeah, let's get some perspective here. Do you know what I mean? I'm under no kind of pressure. And yet that guy spent all that amount of time in prison and yet came out and showed incredible courage and bravery. And he said this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers the fear. So I don't know what it is that you're facing this morning. I don't know what it is that you're facing in your life. You may have walked in here for the very first time and you might say, I'm not a Christ follower. That's fine. But I want, I want you to know God knows you, even if you don't know him. And whatever you're feeling and experiencing in your life, God cares about that right now. And I've experienced in my life times when I've been under pressure and life's been horrible and tough and difficult. And yet God. At work in me has enabled me to find something from within me when I didn't think I could do it. You have got what it takes to be brave under pressure. So what do we have? Well, Peter says you have three things, at least three things, and we'll look at them here in verse 3 to 5. Let's look. says this in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Perhaps difficult words to understand, but let me just break it down for you. Peter says to these guys, living under pressure because life's difficult, living under pressure because they're exiles in a foreign land, living under pressure because they're in persecution, he says, you have got what it takes to be brave because you've got some incredible stuff inside of you. then he breaks it down. He says, the first thing you've got is that you've got a living hope. And that's really important that I use the word living and that he uses the word living. You see, our hope as Christians is not that kind of hope. I hope it rains or I hope it doesn't rain rather. I hope my numbers come in on a Wednesday night for the lottery. It's not fantasy, wishful thinking. The Bible says it's a living hope because our hope is not rooted in our wish. Our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Christ. He is our reason for hope. He is a living hope, the Bible says. And because He's alive, He is at work within us by His Spirit. And it's like a source of living water. So there are times in our life when we're really under pressure and the dial is going crazy, but we know that we have a living hope inside of us. And Jesus uses these words. He says, you know, out of your innermost being will flow streams of living water. Because I'm within you by my Spirit. There's life in you. You know, I've got uh, uh, over the last... 20 years that I've been here I suppose there's been many times when I've sat with people in their homes and here in the office and you know and talked about their life and I mean I've sat with people who've whose kids have died in their arms and and people whose husband or whose wife have betrayed them and abandoned them whose kids have gone off the rails horrendously who've lost their jobs when they didn't expect it who's who've had to nurse their elderly parents when they didn't expect it and And all of that, and and you know, there's times when I've sat with people, many of these people have been people who've known Christ, and yet they've been in incredible pressurized situations. And one of the things that's always impacted me is just life is life for whoever you are, but when you know you've got a living hope inside of you, it makes all the difference. I often say to people, you know, life doesn't make much sense, but without God, it makes even less sense. And I remember some years ago for me and you know our story with, with Simeon and, and, and our son who's you know, in, in residential care now because of his special needs and disabilities and we've been through some times in that where feeling really under pressure and, you know, and not liking it <laughs> but actually knowing that God is on the inside and that there's a living hope and there's a source of life and that somehow I can be brave and can get through this, whatever through this means because there's a living hope at work within me. And the second thing that Peter says is that you have an imperishable inheritance. Now, an inheritance is something that you're going to get in the future. It's going to come to you. And um, Peter Peter says, listen, guys, you can be brave because you've got something great coming towards you. And it's imperishable. And the word he uses in the original language, and and this is fascinating to me, um, literally means unaffected by any invading army. So you've got something, there's a piggy bank there, you've got something which is unaffected by any invading army. There's also another meaning to it, it means... Nothing can corrupt it or pollute it. So so, so when you're going through pressure, you need to know that you've got something coming to you from God, which no invading army can ever do anything about. It can't touch it and nothing can ever pollute or corrupt it. Isn't that brilliant? You've got an imperishable inheritance. That's absolutely amazing. And then thirdly, you've got a protected faith. That's what it says in these verses. And again, the word that's used for protected is really important because I discovered that the word used for protected is a military word, and it means a sentry who guards on duty, like one of those Queen's guards. And it reminded me about uh, some years ago, we we took a team of young people to Bulgaria. We're doing that again in the summer. We have actually got a training night this afternoon at 7 o'clock if you're on the team. So there's a little notice and a reminder for some of you. And, and years ago we, t- we took some of these guys to Bulgaria and we were in Sofia, the capital. And by the parliament house there were some of these kind of guys but they were obviously Bulgarian you know, uniform and they, they were guarding. And some of our young people thought it would be really cool to go and make them laugh. Do you know what I mean? And, so they were all running around kind of doing this and whatever. The guys never flinched. They never moved. I, on the other hand, was praying, God, we're going to get arrested here. Do you know what I mean? In Bulgaria, please stop doing that. But the interesting thing was they never flinched. They never moved. They stayed totally focused. That image is a really important image. Because what it's saying is that there is someone who is protecting the faith that you've put in God. And that person is never going to flinch or move. And nothing is going to get in the way of that. And do you know who that someone is? God. So Peter says, you can be brave because God himself is going to be the sentry that will guard and protect your faith. When you put your faith in God, you say, I'm going to put me into your hands. God himself will protect that. That's amazing, isn't it? So God, he's saying to these guys who are living in such hostile, pressurized situations, you can be brave because in you is a living hope, an imperishable inheritance, and a protected or a guarded faith. Peter is saying, if you'd only realize this, you would know that you've got what it takes to be brave. Feed your fears and your faith will starve, someone once said. Feed your faith and your fears will starve. And he's calling these guys to feed their faith and to remind themselves that they've got what it takes to be brave. And and if we are brave under pressure, this is what will happen in verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. That's a really important phrase. For a little while you've had to suffer Grief in all kinds of trials. You you know, you might think, oh, that's all right for you to say that. But actually, the pressure I'm going through isn't a little while. I've been in this for months or years. Well, in the context of God's eternity, whatever we suffer is a little while. Feels like it's forever, but it's not forever forever. Peter says, for a little while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that, you're, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, when some people go through pressure, they come out better. And when some people go through pressure, they come out bitter or worse or broken. And it's like that whole idea, you know it, about, about kind of, um, you know, the way diamonds are formed under pressure. The way an oak tree is formed under pressure in the acorn. And something brilliant comes. And Peter says, what's going to happen? If you're brave under pressure, your faith's going to grow. It's going to become like gold. It's going to be refined. And not only that, but it will result in praise and glory to God. Because people will look at your life and say, they had a tough time. They went through some tough stuff. But look at how they've come through that. And that will bring honor and glory to God. You know, I'm always staggered when I I look around this church and I could name some of you but I'm not going to do it at the way that you have stood in the face of incredible pressure. Some of you older guys, you know that you've been through incredible stuff in your life and yet you've remained faithful and you've loved God and you've worshipped and you've sung and you've given and you've sacrificed and you've served even though you've been under great pressure and I look at you and I think your faith is like gold. Your faith is like gold and gold doesn't come easy. It only comes through fire through the refining process. But you've done that because you dug deep and you were brave under pressure. And he and says in verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. So he's saying, I, I got to see him, Peter's saying, but some of you didn't see him and yet you still love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you're filled with an expressible, inexpressible and glorious joy. So, so even though you're under pressure, you're filled with this incredible joy. Not happiness, but incredible joy because you know who it is that's within you. That's amazing. And Peter is telling these guys, You have got what it takes to be brave under pressure. Now, the question is, and another question that you may be asking is this Okay, I've got what it takes to be brave under pressure. How do I do that? <laughs> How do I dig deep? How do I get it out? How do I access the bravery that you say that I've got? And then we come to the key verse we want to look at in verse 13. Peter says this So think clearly. And exercise self control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Now, I want to give you three things, but I don't want it to sound like three easy steps, three trite things, do these things and everything will be fine. I don't want it to sound like that at all, but there are three things that are so important here. Number one, it's really important when we're under pressure that we think clearly. You know this, this thing that's been going, I think, since the Second World War, this whole kind of uh, logo idea about keep calm and think clearly. I, it reminded me of, um, again, Bulgarian illustration again, don't know why that is today. Um, a friend of mine who's Bulgarian, um, she put a, a, a picture on Facebook about six, eight months ago, and it just simply said this, I can't keep calm, I'm Bulgarian. And uh, you need to understand why that's quite funny to me, because uh, they're very, very expressive, demonstrative people. So one of the first times I went to Bulgaria, I was a, in a home with, with a whole load of Bulgarians, and, and, and it was all, all noise and talk and eating. And at one point, this married couple, uh, who, who I, I knew, were, I thought, arguing with each other. Their arms were flailing, the, the voices were loud. And as a British guy, I'm like, this is really awkward you know Please stop it! Like my toes are curling. Do you know that thing? You're arguing with each other. It's really awkward. And after they subs- it has subsided a-, a little bit, the volcano. Uh, the- I said to my friend, "Are you guys all right? Like, is your marriage okay?" And he said, "We were just talking about the salad." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." He said, "We're Bulgarian. We do that." So, so, so when my friend put that up, I, I, that made me laugh because I know what they're like. And the whole idea that, that they're just that's, that's just who that some people are like that. You know, keep calm. Well, I can't because I'm Bulgarian. But actually, keeping calm when you're under pressure is really important. Because if we don't keep calm and under pressure, we'll never access bravery. Because what happens is that our mind, like I said earlier on, our mind goes out of control. And things we knew, we suddenly don't know. Things we've done and we can do, we can't do any longer. We have to think clearly when we're under pressure. Now, uh, in the uh, old version of the Bible, the King James one, okay, um, this verse translates really interestingly. It translates to this. So, Peter says, Gird up the loins of your mind. That's great, isn't it? So, let's talk about loins this morning, just for a moment, if we can. Uh, what does that mean? Gird up the loins of your mind. It's a really interesting phrase because it does mean a lot uh, of, of what the original was saying. Gird up the loins of your mind literally means this. In the ancient world, men would wear long flowing dresses with kind of tassels on the end. Very fetching, I think. I'm glad that they don't do that now. Um, well, I don't do that now anyway. Um, so what would happen is that these guys would have a belt and they'd have a long flowing robe with tassels on the end, which was okay when you're standing still. But when you're starting to walk, or if you're walking around, and actually then if you were start to run, you're going to trip up over the loose ends of what you're wearing gird up the loins of your mind, literally is a a, a metaphor. And what the the guys used to do was this. They used to take the ends of their robe and they used to lift it up together and they just tuck it in their belt. Of course, the Bible says about the belt of truth, doesn't it? So that's interesting. So all these loose ends that could trip you up, we grab them together and we tuck them in the belt of truth. Because what will trip you up is your thinking. What often trips us up, when we're static, that's fine, but when we're under pressure... When we're walking, when we're moving around, what often trips us up is the way that we think. So, so Peter says, listen, if you want to access bravery, you've got to tuck up into the belt, you're about the belt of truth, the loose ends of your thinking, or it will trip you up. And you know, I always used to think, you know, what we think affects how we feel, and that will affect how we behave. Now, I still think that's true. But I think it's also true, especially in our culture now, and this is so true for our younger people and us, it's actually flipped around. What we feel shapes what we think, and what we think then shapes how we behave. So when you're under pressure, what often happens is that you feel certain things, and you feel those things so powerfully, emotionally, that you think that they're true. How many of you identify with this? What I I call these, um, the negative truths. God has abandoned me. Ever felt like that when you're under pressure? Because you feel that that's what's happening. So you think that's what's happened. God has abandoned me. We need to tie up the loose ends of our thinking. Or we feel things like this. We feel like I'm a failure. Or nothing ever works out for me. Ever felt like that? When you're under pressure. And, and Peter says you'll never access bravery. You've got to stop and you've got to keep calm and you've got to think clearly. You may fail, that doesn't make you a failure. God has promised he will never leave you or abandon you. You might not feel him. That doesn't mean he's not here. And we've got to tie up the loose ends of our thinking. Or other delusional truths. Sometimes when people are under pressure, and I can only speak from a man in this, and I know what some of the things that guys tend to do when we feel under pressure. So let me, let me, let me use illustrations from, from a man, and you can work out, women, what yours are. I don't know. I don't understand you, to be honest. No, I do. <laughs> Weird people. Um, so, so for a man, when, when a man's under pressure, delusional truths are things like this. I'm so much under pressure, I deserve it. It doesn't matter if I watch porn a bit, doesn't matter if I drink a little bit too much. Doesn't matter if I flirt a little bit too much with that woman in the office, because I deserve it, because I'm under pressure. That's how a man thinks. Not consciously, but that's what happens because we start to feel like that, and what we feel shapes how we think. So it doesn't matter if I do that or do that. And we're under pressure, and we've got to tie up the loose ends of our thinking, or it will trip us up. And we'll never be brave. And be the men and women that we want to be in how we deal with the pressure of life. And then he says exercise self-control. And Peter uses a word that's the, the, where we get the word sober from. Sober judgment. Being self-controlled. Uh, uh, living life intentionally. And, and this is something that I want to develop more, this, this thought that I want to I give you. You access bravery f- from within by choices and decisions that you make. I know Simon spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. But there's this great phrase that I read in a book which I really want to develop, and it's this, direction, not intention, determines your destination. In other words, it, it doesn't matter what you intend to do. It's the direction you set your life which will determine your destination. So if I go to, a, to, to, to a, uh, an airport, and I really, really, really want to go to, um, I don't know, let's pick a country. I really, really, really want to go to India, but I get on a plane going to Hawaii, that's a good choice. No, no, I, I, I'm not going to end up in India, right? No matter how much I want to be there, my direction, not my intention, will determine my destination. And exercising self-control means this. I'm choosing how I want to live my life and that's the path I'm going to set. And when we're under pressure, that's really hard to do. So if you've set your life and you say, do you know what? I want to live financially, within my means. I don't want to go into debt if I can help it. and That's a path you set your life. When you're under pressure, you've got to have self-control to stick to that path. If you say, I'm going to live my life faithfully in my relationships, you've got to, under pressure, remind yourself that's the path that you're going to head up. Otherwise, you'll end up at a different destination. And spiritually, that's true. You know, I get staggered with this one. I'm sorry, I have to say this. I didn't say it at the nine o'clock. I get staggered with this one. When people who are Christians, who are under pressure, say, I can't come to church anymore because I'm under pressure. I don't get that. Sorry, I don't get it. It is completely the opposite path of what the Bible says you should do. I had a conversation with somebody this week, but I'll cry and I said, so cry, but I can't sing the songs, so don't sing the songs, but everyone else seems happy, so close your eyes. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself on a path and you're saying, I'm under pressure right now, I need to be around people. The Bible says, don't give up meeting together, Some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other even all the more as the day is approaching. In other words, the vast thing you do when you're under pressure is take yourself away from the things that will help you. I don't get that. And it's almost like we, we kind of we, we, we lose the ability to think clearly and to exercise self-control and say, do you know what, I'm going to be around other people who know God. I'm going to be in worship. I'm going to be there. I'm going to go to a life group. I'm going to ask people to pray for me because those are the things that the Bible says are there to help me access bravery. But you see, what we do is we say, oh no, I'm going to do it on my own. That's not bravery. It's not bravery. In fact, next week, I'm going to talk about this. And my phrase next week is that only the brave refuse to live life alone. And I've realized in my own life, and especially in our situation with Simeon, we got to a point where we couldn't cope any longer with the scenario than the pressure that we were under. And it was the hardest thing we've ever done, and I'm sure we'll ever do, I guess. And actually say to other people, we can't cope, please help us. But that's not weakness, that's strength. That strength to say, I can't do this. You need to help me. So I want to say to you, please, if you're under pressure, think clearly. Exercise self-control. Get on a path which will lead you to the destination that you want to go to. And then finally, be expectant. Look forward expectantly. Peter says in verse 6, back a little bit, you know, the pressure you're under is only a little while. It will go. And I'm going to finish in a moment. Uh, this is a story I want, I want to read you. This is um, uh, from a guy called Jim Collins, who's a business author. Not a Christian, but a great, great author and writes some brilliant books. And he tells a story in his book, Good to Great, uh, about an admiral, admiral. His name's James Stockdale, who was imprisoned in Vietnam for eight years. American prisoner of war. And after Stockdale's release, Collins, the author, asked him how in the world he survived eight years in a prisoner of war camp. This is fascinating. He replied, I never lost faith in the end of the story. Is that an interesting phrase? I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. Wow. Collins then asked this, who didn't make it out of the prison? Admiral Stockdale replied, oh, that's easy. The optimists. It's interesting, isn't it? When I read that, I thought, oh, I wouldn't think that. And this is what he said. You see, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving. And then it would come and then it would go. And they died of a broken heart. Died of a broken heart. And this is the phrase I want you to think about. Real courage embraces the twin realities of current difficulty and ultimate triumph. If you're a Christian this morning, you know this is true, don't you? Real courage embraces the twin realities of current difficulty and pain and pressure and ultimate triumph. Yes, life stinks, but it won't stink forever. As one of my friends likes to say, everything will work out in the end. If it's not working out, it's not the end. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If you're under pressure, you have got what it takes to be brave. If you don't know God, you can. We'd love to talk to you about that. Isn't it going to make your life fantastic from day one? In fact, it might give you even more pressure because now you're trying to live on a different path. But you're going to know that within you, you have living hope. That's unbelievable. You're going to know that you're going to have an imperishable inheritance. Something's coming to you that nobody or nothing can pollute or destroy. And you're going to have a protected faith guarded by God himself. And you put your one and only life into his hands and he guards it. With his, self, with his sense and his presence, that's a great place to be. And you know what? You'll also experience, and some of you in this room, you know this. People who dig deep and access bravery under pressure make some discoveries which they look back on. They look back and they discover that God was nearest when they thought he was farthest away. Anyone ever had that? Some of you have had that, haven't you? At the time, you thought God's a million miles away, but later on, you look back and oh, actually, God was near then, wasn't he? I thought he was far away. You discovered that God was faithful when you had very little faith at all. You discovered that God used that pressure to develop your character when you thought the pressure was going to break you. Some of you have been through marriage situations. You thought it was going to break you, but now you're in a better situation. And now you can help people because of what you've been through. Some of you know that's to be true. Some of you will discover that God used that pressure to bring glory to his name and inspiration to others when you thought there was no meaning or purpose to what you were going through I know that some of you got situations that you've been through and I know nothing about and you're sitting there and you're wrestling right now and you're thinking how, how can God bring anything good out of this that's what God does best God takes the brokenness God takes the stuff God takes the shame and the muck and the sin and, the, and all the other stuff and he redeems it and he makes it something fantastic that's what he does best and you think how on earth can God do this in my life God can do it when you give him your life God can do it when you put your life into his hands. God can do it when you say, Lord, I'm going to set myself on this path and I am going to dig deep and I'm going to find it within me. And if I don't have it within me because I'm not yet a Christian, then I'm going to find out more about it because I want it in me. And then you will discover that you have got what it takes to be brave. I'm going to ask Abby and Chris are going to come and sing a song which they've actually written for this talk. And as as Abby sings this song, I want this to be kind of like God singing over you and calling something out of you. And I want you just to ignore everybody else in the room if you're able to do that. Don't get distracted by anyone. Just in these next few minutes and just think about your life and what you're going through and where the pressure dial is on your life. And then as she sings this song, you know, just allow God to call out of you the bravery that he knows is within you, but you might not know it's there and begin to give it to God. And see what God might do with it. You've got what it takes to be brave. and You have as well. You've got what it takes to be brave. And if Peter was here, uh, he'd be just as passionate with you guys as he was 2,000 years ago in that context. And he'd say, look at you and say, you've got what it takes to be brave. I'd like you to stand with me if you're able to do that. And what I'm going to do is, I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. And as I got up at the nine o'clock, I was going to do one thing, and then I just believed that God spoke to me. I know that sounds a bit weird, perhaps for some of you, but I just believe God spoke to me and showed me a different way to go. And reminded me of a story that happened in the Old Testament to a guy called Moses, who was also under pressure uh, in a battle situation. And when his arms were, were up high, they were winning, but the pressure got so much that his arms began to drop, and then they started losing and what God did there was amazing because he got two guys to come and stand with him because that's really important but he also got a rock underneath him and I just felt God speak to me and he says that's actually the picture that I want these guys to go away with because Peter that name Peter means rock the Bible says that actually our ultimate rock our stone is Christ himself and that's where we're seated we don't have to stand just in our own strength. We, we actually are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Underneath us is this rock. When you think pressure is going to push you down, it isn't going to push you right down because underneath is a rock. So what I want you to do that, as we pray really is if you're under pressure right now, I'd like you to sit down. And by sitting down, you're reminding yourself that that's who you are, that you're in Christ. And then I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to pray that God will help you to find that bravery. So if that's you right now and your life is that, then I want to ask you just to respond. And that takes bravery to do that because you're saying, I'm under pressure. Then you just sit right where you are and relax in that. And then what would be amazing is people around you, if you could look around, wouldn't it be great if you could just go and put a hand on their shoulder? Just pray for them. Don't need to say anything or ask them anything. I'll pray as well. But don't leave anyone sat down, without a hand on their shoulder just look around and put a because that is the picture that I believe God wants you to go away with this morning that you, you you're seated on a rock that's God but you've also got people around you you've got people around you don't get isolated when you're under pressure you know I, I was talking to a doctor yesterday and, and and she said to me do you know what one of the biggest things that I find facing patients in a GP situation is loneliness People want to know that they're not on their own. They just want to talk to someone. And I want you to know that you're not on your own if you don't choose to be. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for these fantastic people who are sat down. Some of them are young people who are under pressure right now. God, we want to pray for them and their school and college and all of their life situations and friendships. And God, others come through that stage. We're in adulthood now and we've got other pressures. And God, summer towards, you know, we've been around quite a bit now. And we've got another set of pressures as well. Father, I want to pray for every person who sat down. Whether they know you or whether they don't know you. God, you know them. You know them. You know their life. You know the pressure. God, I pray that even in these moments, they would know your presence in Jesus' name. That they would know that you can turn their weakness to strength. That they have what it takes to be brave because of what you've put in them. So Father, would you encourage them and strengthen them right now, I pray. Would you be at work in them? I pray, Lord, if any of them feel that the pressure gauge is about to explode, God, would you bring them release? Help them to think clearly, to set the right path, to be expectant. They're not at the end of their story yet. And so God, I just pray by your power, you would help them to know who they are and where they're seated and the fact that they're not on their own. They are not on their own. So God, would you encourage them? Give them the strength to access what they've got and they can be brave under pressure. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you all stand? Thanks, Chris. And I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to sing a final song as we go out this morning. And this is one of those songs which w- was written just about 18 months ago, I think. It's quite a new song, but we don't sing it very often because it tells a story. And it tells a story of, of, of when you've come through stuff and you come to a situation and then you look back and you see what God did. And my prayer for some of you guys is that in the middle of your story, you'll sing. And you'll you'll sing this stuff out because you think, I'm in the middle of my story, but I know that one day I'm going to look back. And even with scars and struggles, which is what the song talks about, I'm going to look back and say, God was faithful. Amen. Some of you can do that, can't you? You can look back and you think, yep, scars and struggles I've got. But... God was faithful. And my prayer for you is that if you're in the middle of your story, that you'll sing these words of truth and that God will implant these in your heart and in your mind. And as you go this week into your world and into your life and into the pressure, you'll know that you don't go on your own and you'll know that God is faithful. And you've got what it takes to be brave. So let me pray. And I'm going to read this blessing out over you. It's from the book of Jude, which is a strange little letter in the New Testament. And this is from the message, a modern translation. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the centre of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. And it goes on to say, And now to Him who can keep you on your feet, Standing tall in his bright presence, fresh and celebrating to our one God, our only Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Master, be glory, majesty, strength and rule before all time and now and to the end of all time. And it finishes by saying, yes. Father, thank you for being with us. Now God, I pray you send us out in the power of your Spirit to be brave under pressure, to be brave under pressure to be the people that we know we are and that we want to be no matter what we're experiencing we want to be brave under pressure we pray and everyone said Amen